Have you ever wondered how the separate threads of your life fit in to one big picture? How the individual moments of challenge and triumph connect to one another to form the great meaning of your life? I am Anna Mullins, your Life Story Editor, and I'm convinced that making sense of our deepest pain can help us understand our deepest purpose. In my speaker training program and on this podcast, I help people weave together those confusing, often shameful pieces of their past, revealing the life-changing lessons that create their profound new story. Welcome to Unapologetic Stories, where secrets are out and the truth is in. Welcome back, storytellers. We have arrived at the final edit of season two of this podcast. I am blown away that we're even here. I can remember recording the very first edit by myself, and I was just racked with fear and nerves, and my whole body was like a little bit tense when I recorded that. And it was how to even begin again, how to even start again. Of course, we had a brilliant season one. Um, with an incredible cast. And then season two was like, it was a little bit more just Anna. It was a little bit more open, a little bit more raw, wanted to expand the horizon, expand the bubble. And I mean that in in the, in the com- compassion bubble, because we were in the middle of a pandemic, of course, but really expanding that compassion bubble so that we can see into the lives and histories and past experiences and pain and worldview of as many different storytellers as possible so we can learn about each other. And at this point in history, I think that's critical. But I also believe, I think fundamentally, that story is our purpose. It's certainly my purpose, storytelling, but it kind of is all of our purpose, right? We are separated from other mammals and other parts of nature by our ability to tell story and to shape thoughts and you know even when they make us struggle and cause us pain we have existential dilemma that trees don't have right so we have this ability to really uh, interpret the world and perceive it in a certain way and then share that and therefore I think it really is our purpose here all of our purpose to expand our own story to share our interpretation so that we can learn from one another and that is truly why I persevered through a lot of fear and unworthiness to kind of put this podcast season two out into the world. And I'm so glad that I did for many, many reasons. I've met the most incredible guests, learned a great deal new wisdom. I'm going to share all of that later in today's edit, all of the different learnings from my guests this season as well, and what really stood out to me personally from each and every one of them. But I think, oh, I think the word that just comes to mind right now that I want to share just feels like gratitude. Like I'm grateful, yes, to those, the the storytellers and the guests that I have, but I'm grateful to you for listening, for making this kind of a record-breaking season to see so many of you out there across the world listening to story and getting to know each other better. It's like, Makes it all, all worth it. Truly. 
And I have, as you probably know, I've been fascinated by true stories forever, really. And it's for this reason. It's the ability to connect us and to bring us closer together, but also bring us closer to our individual interpretations and worldviews and things that will evolve us personally. I am fascinated by stories behind stories, stories behind people. And I like to think of it sometimes as um, like watching the sun rise. This is storytelling for me. And it's when I see a speaker on stage, it's like watching the sun rise. And I mean that because I think we all have things that happen in the darkness or behind closed doors, things in locked vaults, things other people don't see. And like, we all know there's something that happens in the dark of night, but we can't see the landscape. But then when the sun rises, when that story rises up, it just all begins to make sense. We have this light shined across the landscape of our entire lives. And we get to see the things that make up our own personal scenery, in a way, our own story. And we just see it all. We see it all. We notice the world in a new way, but we also notice people and the landscape of their lives in a new way as well. That's how we get closer to them. And even as a child, I have to admit, I was literally fascinated by people's personal paths. And I was so curious about why my friends acted the way they did or why certain people felt a certain way about their lives. I actually began explaining things very early on and I was reading very early. I had language very early. It was just the the way that I kind of developed in the world. But I also did this pattern making things, right? I began explaining things through patterns, but by looking at stories and asking myself, not kind of why does this person react in this way or act in this way, but why not? Given what I know of their personal life story and their experience, their family, the way they have evolved their own worldview, why wouldn't they act in this way? And really trying to create a better understanding of the people that I knew. I would just organize information into patterns in order to better understand it. Cause and effect, action, reaction, right? And maybe when you're listening to this now, as I'm even saying, you're like, wow, I do that too. Maybe it's not with stories or with human behavior. Maybe it's with other types of work that you're doing out in the world, the way that you interact. Now, when I went on and studied literature, this seems like a really natural progression, of course, I would examine characters in this way, which like even my guests, as I examine them and interview them, right? This is, I always think the mark of really great storytelling when a listener or a reader such as myself, who's kind of studying, can find the character's motivation. Why would this character do this thing or be this way or act this way? The reader myself, or even the interviewer, the audience listening, they need to get it. You need to get why these things happen. And I feel like a broken record sometimes because I say, you have to know your why, know your why, know your why. And we talk about that in branding. We talk about it in storytelling. We talk about it in purpose-driven coaching as well, personal development, knowing your why. This is really what we're talking about. If you don't know your why, 
the reader, the audience, the listener, the follower, they're not going to get it either. They need to get it. They need to understand your motivation. Audiences need to sympathize in a way with a character. That's what I was doing when I was studying literature as I'm looking at characters and sympathizing with them. And that doesn't mean I feel sympathy for them in some, some ways I did, but that's not the nature of sympathizing with a character. It doesn't necessarily mean feeling sympathy for them. It means understanding why they are the way they are. We can relate in a way to a character even when they feel really different from us. We can see the pattern. We can see the pattern. It's like actually witnessing the sun rising on a character's hidden motivations. And that's when we get that aha moment. Aha, aha, that's what was out there. That's what was under there. And when we read a book or we watch a movie, you're always like, you're subconsciously doing this anyway. You don't have to be me, who's a crazy storyteller, who was like born into this in some way. We all do this. We all subconsciously demand of our characters that are in books and movies. We demand of them that they make sense for us, right? Bring me to the sun. Get me to that rising. If I don't really understand you, I'm not going to be able to understand this story or relate to it or probably even be interested in it to continue watching. So we already know in some way, without even being able to articulate that, that, that is what we're expecting when we read a book, watch a movie, you just listen to a story, listen to a talk. We as audience members, you as an audience member, are expecting something. You're expecting to be brought to a resolution for something to make sense and you're subconsciously doing this. You don't have to study psychology or literature to understand the human experience because you are human. And your journey here has been to make sense of who you are. And therefore, you require that other people, other characters, other storytellers are kind of making sense of who they are as well. Making that pattern kind of line up. And because you've had personal experience, of course, you also know the basic principles of kind of action, reaction, and physics, you're going to know without even knowing that you're waiting to understand if this happens, what happens next? If this happens, what happens next? When we turn our attention to this, we begin to see stories in a new way, like literally that a new day has risen for us. This is how we expand our own personal perspective and interpretations and worldviews, and most importantly, our compassion. Most importantly, our compassion. Now, I want to offer you this example if this is making no sense to you and you're wondering, where are you even going with this, Anna? If you listen to this podcast a lot, you'll know I go in a lot of directions, but I usually try and bring you home somehow. But follow along. been thinking about this example storytelling characters and motivation in the example of Prince Harry. Now bear with me here. I know it's a very obvious public example right now, but it's because, and the reason I like drawing on this example is that Prince Harry for a lot of people for a very long time in pop culture was a, like he was a bit of just a story character. It was almost like watching him as a movie character, right? It's like literally this prince and we're seeing it play out on TV and in the newspapers and in the media 
And of course, the contrast to that is he's an actual very real human being who has an actual personal story and a perception of that story and an interpretation of that life that he had as well, which is what makes him such a beautiful example for us today. We don't know his whole story. We don't know probably half of it, frankly, and we may never. But we know a few very big things. So as an example with his kind of character persona, we knew that he lost his mother. We knew that she was, of course, chased by the press and that he, as a young boy, was just hung out in the public eye for his entire life. And then he was silenced, of course, by the royal family over the years, which we have come to learn recently has bred a lot of shame and secrecy about who he is. And he's been kind of fundamentally unable to express himself because of this institution. And particularly when it came to mental health and how we see him. So now we have his kind of real life person, his storyteller, and we see that storyteller as husband and father. He steps away from the royal family to protect his wife. And while we have very little in common, perhaps, with his personal life story and his upbringing, we begin to sympathize with his journey, meaning we get it. We understand it. We don't have to agree. We just have to see. So when people ask, how could he speak out about this, about his family, his brother, his father, and make it all so public? which feels to some people maybe like a betrayal, not to me, frankly, but feels like that to some people who are still entrenched in that institution. Well, all we have to do from a character perspective is see that secrecy for him, for Harry, equaled actual death. His story, his worldview is that secrecy and shame equals actual loss. There is probably, if we imagine, no greater fear for him than staying silent. So whether you agree with his decision to speak out about his family or not, in this kind of character example, you know and you see as a listener, as a reader, as an audience member following along, you see that his core motivator is the fear of silence, of being silenced. His voice, his story is his power and his mission. So this is a maybe bizarre example and maybe a very grounded one of how we actually hear a story, listen to story, and learn new things about why people are the way they are. We have to get to the heart of the story. We can do this for ourselves as well, right? What is the core belief here? What is the core story that's motivating all of your choices and decisions and actions and more importantly, I think, too, I want to offer this as audiences, if we shift back to the idea of watching or hearing story, uh, if we think about ourselves in the audience, we also know, I think, that we want to be inspired when we listen to stories being told. We want to be inspired to think about something. And this is what obviously motivated me moving into the podcast realm, but it's motivating, you know, more of my business evolution as I continue to grow and share more stories. I think about the audience that's waiting to be inspired. 
the audience that's waiting for their thinking to be challenged or they want to wonder something new. Audiences want to be moved because our core reason for even being here beyond storytelling, as we talked about, is really to evolve, right? And evolution is movement. So if we're not moved, if we're not uncomfortable, at least a little bit, and kind of shift outside of our existing worldview and what we think we understand and know and perceive and interpret, then we're not really evolving in any way. And that really, I would probably venture to say, is part of our deepest purpose, isn't it? is continuing to evolve. Now, the opposite, the opposite to say that Prince Harry example, can become true when we fail to see a character story at all. So if we had just a shorter version of that story, we didn't really know much about the character and or the real life person. Now we know a lot more about the real life person of Prince Harry in a way we haven't before. But if we didn't really understand that that core motivation was that silence equals death, silence equals heartbreak, silence equals loss, grief, pain, suffering. If we didn't know that, and then we heard a different version of the story and we saw, that's interesting that you would be sharing family secrets or that you would be sharing stories about your brother or your father or some of those interactions, we're going to perceive it differently because we don't understand the motivation. So again, as you can see in this example, it's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's about understanding. It's about getting it. I get it. I get why it happened. I don't have to agree. I don't have to disagree. In fact, as audiences, that's not the invitation. We're never inviting our audiences to agree or disagree right? We think more highly of our audiences than that, certainly, I hope. But we're just inviting them to hear and to understand, to see that kind of sun rise on the full landscape of the story so that they just get it, so that they get it. If we don't see the full landscape, we don't necessarily see the arc or see the journey or understand the moments that shaped somebody's life, we don't see the person in their entirety. And we begin to make up our own stories about them because that's what humans do. We're constantly trying to interpret the world and make sense of it. We'll start factoring in our own experience rather than the experience of the storyteller. And that is why storytelling is so important. It's why I felt that this podcast was so important to continue to allow storytellers to tell their stories, to spend an hour moving through the landscape of their lives in a much deeper way so that their message makes sense. And we don't have to share as storytellers and as as speakers and even as authors, if you're writing, you don't have to share every single part of your personal story. My goodness, how long would that talk be? How long would that book be? But in the event that we want to bring an audience along with us or captivate our audience, entertain a reader, sell a product as an entrepreneur, we have to explain at least why we are who we are or why our company cares about certain things, right? We got to get it. We have to understand the motivation and we have to share that motivation. People, your readers, your audiences, your listeners, they're going to create a pattern for you anyway. So I always say, why not make it the truth, right? 
This is, of course, what story work is all about. And when I coach, even when I interview on this podcast or when I do branding sessions, for example, I always go straight for motivation. That's what I'm looking for every time. I want to know what motivates you. If I see who you are right now, and I often, as you know, read people's bios off the top, I think it's great, obviously, first and foremost, to respect my guest and to share their story and who they are and the important things that they've done and are doing out in the world. I think that's really critical to honor that. But then we go to motivation, right? How did you get to that place? How did you get to be in this particular value system or this job or this role? That's, the, well, that's what's important to me as a storyteller. And the same thing, the same kind of set of work, this going straight for motivation, that is what I do in the speaker training program as well. And you know, this is my core program. It is the thing that just lights me up probably more than anything else to help storytellers with kind of stories that are in the dark of night come up and let the sun rise on them, let the spotlight take over. It is why this program, I think... It feels so much bigger than itself sometimes. And I know I wrote the program and it's my curriculum and of course I teach it. And that's all stuff I'm incredibly deeply proud of. That's work I've poured my heart into and I should be proud of it. But I really do think it's bigger than me. And I think it's bigger than itself. And it is why I often have a hard time describing it as well because the storytelling in this program is so deep and purposeful. And it isn't about just standing on a stage and hanging all your dirty laundry out to dry, so to speak, but it's about finding a pattern. This is what I teach, right? Finding a pattern of life experiences that communicates to an audience how you arrived at your big idea. That's it. Our audiences are genuinely learning things from you and they are being taught in a way, I think almost subtly, they're, they're learning a little bit of human psychology without knowing it, right? If you've been to one of these shows, you will know that's kind of how it feels. You start to understand and unravel the motivation. Like, ah, that did not have a light shone on it before. And now I see that and I understand you so much more. And I always say in the audience, in the audience of these shows, when you've been to one, When you've been to one, you know. When you know, you know the power of true stories. It is exceptionally deep work for our speakers, which results in the exceptional storytelling, because it requires of those speakers to ask themselves the hard questions. And I do this work myself too. I'm always asking myself the hard questions. These are questions that we typically ask about characters in books and movies, right? What shaped their perspective? What brought them to this uh, idea? Why are they doing this thing? That is very difficult work when it's being done introspectively and you're looking inside and you're trying to figure out what your own personal inner motivation is. But I promise you, it is the most profound work you can do because you get like this little handbook for your life where you just feel like everything you do is guided by truth. You get it and you get yourself and other people begin to get you as well. 
especially when you're bravely and courageously sort of sharing those parts of yourself and sharing your, your motivations. So that is where the speaker program begins, of course. We start there. Anything is possible when we start there. Once we have that little handbook, anything is possible. And the talks shape out in really unique ways. In fact, I was asked once, what is the prescription? Like, do you have a formula for storytelling? I said, of course, I have like, you know, some curriculum and I have formula and I have guidelines and there's tons of wisdom that I pack in around kind of things that make talks really shine and can leave those aha moments in the brain that really lights up. In fact, with aha moments, I don't know if I've ever shared this before, there is an actual spot in the brain that lights up when you have an aha moment. Like this isn't something that was just an Oprah Winfrey thing like, aha, there's a big idea. It is quite literally a physiological reaction that's happening inside the brain when something new, novel, and creative is like, is explored and presented. So in any case, yes, there are certain things that will turn an audience's brain on for sure. But the only prescription really is figuring out who you are. If you don't know that, there is no amount of Google searching how to write a talk that's going to help you. Because you can do that. You could do it right now after you get off, finish listening to this podcast. You can Google how to write a great talk. You can go to chapters and buy a book on it. And there will be a one, two, three, four, five, and try this and try this. I promise you, if you don't know who you are first, then there's no way you're going to compel an audience to understand. And that journey is non-prescriptive. That story is uniquely yours. That journey to get to who you are and understand who you are, that, there's no prescription for that. You just got to do it. You got to wade in. You got to be brave. You got to move through into the wilderness, truly, and discover what's out there and shine the sunlight on it, so to speak. But truly, 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 this is the critically important work because without storytellers, we literally fail to evolve as a species. Everything we know is a story. Everything, every last thing is something that human beings created language around and interpreted and made a word so that we could make sense of it. We just find patterns. That's science really, right? We look at one thing, action, reaction. We look at patterns. We figure it out and then we tell the story, the best story that we can possibly tell. And it is ever growing. Any story worth telling is also worth challenging as well. What can we learn from this? What's missing from this story? How do we explain this better in a way that incorporates more of the human experience, most importantly, more of the human experience, instead of just singular narrow views of it? We want to grow and expand that bubble and our understanding. This is the key to surviving, not just as a professional storyteller on a stage, but as a species. And it is the key to building compassion. I've uttered that word a few times now. Key to building compassion. Human behavior, pattern making. That is what helped me personally shape compassion over the years. This podcast, when I interview guests and I hear different points of view and I go, wow, I really never saw it that way before. I have never seen it that way before. But also, wow, I've never experienced that before. Tell me how that must feel. 
It's so, so powerful. And compassion, by the way, it's not a finite quality, right? It grows and evolves as our personal experiences evolve. So you're either, you're not just compassionate or not compassionate. We are all compassion in some way. We all have, most of us have the ability to reach a state of compassion for another human being. And if we can evolve our compassion and grow it, it just becomes this like ever moving, ever shifting cloud that kind of incorporates other stories and experiences. As we learn new things or we seek out new information, and most importantly, I think as we listen to new stories, to true stories, our compassion bubble, our cloud expands. And then when we do our own work, oh goodness, it expands exponentially because what we see in ourselves, we naturally begin to see in others. Once we understand core motivations and how that works, we see that in other people. And this is how our purpose and our deepest why begins to take shape. Now, you'll know if you've listened for a long time that one of my core beliefs is that service and purpose are actually synonymous. Service and purpose are the same thing, which is why I also know and believe very deeply, I think I say it in the intro to this podcast, is that pain is the catalyst to purpose. Always, always, always. Because without experiencing pain, and pain can be interpreted, I'm doing kind of air quotes here, pain can be disconnection, pain can be questioning, pain can be um, loneliness. There's lots of different ways to identify the disconnection. Where is the disconnection happening in our world? That's the big question. But without experiencing that disconnection, that pain, or empathizing with pain, or understanding that pain, or feeling that pain, we simply don't get to that place where we say, and I quote literally, if I can help just one other person avoid this pain, that's where I want to be. And I put quotes on that because this is something I've heard over and over and over again, right? If I can just help one other person avoid this pain, if I can just share what I've learned or what I've seen or what I've heard, I may just serve another life. And that's the thing. It's really very simple. We experience pain, we turn to service, we become purposeful. Pain brings us to service, therefore brings us to purpose. We all have a responsibility, we know this is true, to take care of one another and to care for heaven's sakes, just to care enough to be better, do better, know better, share better, but also to help each other out along the way. And it certainly doesn't mean that we can't help someone whose life story feels different from ours. Of course not. That would be crazy. It would be very hard to match people up and continue to be in service. But we can understand someone's plight, someone's pain, if we can access our own motivation as well, our own story behind the story. Now, the idea that purpose is a thing or a job or a role or an identity is an idea that I, of course, have rejected for a very long time because I do believe, as I've just said, purpose is service. And if you're feeling 
like you're in your purpose right now in your life or in your role or identity, just ask yourself, why do I feel that way? Who am I serving right now? Is it actually what I'm doing or is it who I'm serving? And the same is true if you don't feel like you're in your purpose right now or you're looking at the world wondering if the right job will find you or if you will find it or the right role or identity. Just release that attachment and ask yourself the other question instead. What does my personal story, my own motivations want for me? Who is it motivating me to serve? My personal story, as you all very well know by now, is layered with mental health stigma and shame. Therefore, my service or my purpose, among other things, is transcending that shame for others through the power of story. That is my service. If you think about your personal moments of pain or struggle as well, the thing that genuinely evolved your compassion, right? So think back to one of those moments where you learned something new about humanity. It expanded your human experience in such a way that you will begin to actually see this too. If you think about that personal moment of pain, you will see this. You will see what my motivation is, what your motivation is. You'll see it. And almost, I'll tell you this, and this is why I was talking about the quoting this earlier. It wasn't really a quote, a direct quote. It just felt really more powerful to put in quotation marks as I was reading it to you. Almost 100%, like everybody, all the speakers who come through the speaker training program almost unilaterally say before the program begins that their core service to an audience is to let the audience know you are not alone. You are not alone. Think about that in terms of the power of true story. This is not something I could have told you three years ago because I didn't have this many speakers that have come through the program in order to begin seeing this pattern, this thing that connects every storyteller together. Most people who are ready to share and to step into their purpose are doing so because they want to let another human being know that they are not alone, that they are not alone with their pain, with their shame, with their sadness, with their struggles, with their burdens, their grief. Think about that. You are not alone with your human experience. Like I'm literally getting goosebumps as I share this with you because it is so true. I'm truly, I'm not exaggerating here. Every storyteller I speak to has this in common. It's so universal. It's the thing that ties us together. So although I know, I know that I've talked about this before on an episode probably, I'm just going to bring it back for you today because I think it's really critical. Service and purpose are synonymous, like I said. Once you find the point of service where you want to be in service, you will find the next components of your purpose really easily, and meaning the practical components of how that arrives and shows up in, in your life. 
in ancient Celtic philosophy. I wanted to share this with you because it's important. In ancient Celtic philosophy, important to me, of course, this is where my ancestors are from in Ireland. Uh, there is a belief that every soul is made up of three core energies, wisdom, creativity, and love. Wisdom, creativity, and love. Wisdom being, of course, what we have learned. That's our own wisdom that we've cultivated and curated. Creativity, which is just defined as anything new, right? And it could be a new thought, a new way of seeing something, a new way of acting, a new way of building anything that hasn't been seen or done before, novel, new things. That's creativity. And then love, of course, which is that service that we're talking about. Love as service, but also as our core nature. Because of course, beyond all labels and identities, no matter what you prescribe to or believe in, whatever your spiritual path is, I think we all know at some level that the frequency of love is who we are ultimately at our core. And we are literally that love, service, connection, right? So that's it. So when we return to ourselves, we return home to ourselves. This is another way to say that. Or we find our purpose. That's how we like to describe it in our in our human lives, in our human world, right? What purpose am I in? What we're really doing is returning home to wisdom, creativity, and love. That's it. We return home to our own soul, which is also then connected universally to all souls. Wisdom, creativity, and love. And this is why I believe entirely that story is our fundamental path to purpose back to each other, back to ourselves. Because what truly is storytelling but an expression of creativity, right? As speakers or storytellers at all, even authors, entrepreneurs, we are presenting a new idea, a new way of thinking, something novel. What is storytelling but an expression of creativity, an expression of our wisdom, or what we have learned from our experience or from those creations, our own self even being a creation, right? Our own personal experience, human experience is by definition an act of creation. That's that we are here at all and were created. And of course, what is storytelling but an expression of love or service? How can I help someone else feel less alone? True stories are literally the way home. They are the way. They are our purpose. And they teach us many, 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 many things. They give us creative new ways to think about the world. They give us wisdom. So it is creativity and wisdom and love. Story is that. It also gives us that. Stories remind us of that shared energy that we are all just love. And this season has been that for me. It has been a journey of creativity, certainly, wisdom, certainly, and love. And it's been exceptional. I have interviewed, uh, goodness knows, 24, 25 guests, over 20 on this season alone. And each one has taught me something new, something profound, and has shifted my thinking. So I wanted to take a moment and share, of course, my deep 
gratitude for all of my guests. It is an honor to be able to interview you and share your stories with my audience, um, but also just to share space with you. It really is quite transformational for me when I get to understand you better. So a big thank you to all of my guests. And I want to share some teachings. So my first guests of the season were Kathy and Mel. They were from, they were actually cast members on season one and also speaker graduates. And they taught me that connection and reconnection is always possible, especially after a pandemic, right? Um, but connection is where compassion lives. And that's where we get to see each other, know that we're always connected no matter how much time passes. And I hope that you listening out there, especially at this point in the pandemic, as we're all starting to quite literally expand our bubbles, that we're also expanding that compassion bubble. And we're starting to see that other people's experiences during the pandemic may have been very difficult. And we may not see them in the same way anymore, but we certainly are willing to try. Jordan Lau, uh, she was edit three, taught me that love is eternal and inexplicable in many ways, and that compassion can be found even when it needs to be hard fought for. Now, Jordan was the sister, if you listen to this um, episode, the sister of two of the victims of the Surrey Six murders back in, oh goodness, many, many years ago now, 2007, I believe. And that story is a really powerful story in, oh, I, I want to say forgiveness even, but also just love and compassion and family. Uh, edit five, I had Cheval Camille, um, and she taught me many things, but taught me to first return to nature, to focus on myself, and also to create strong boundaries. I shared this recently that I borrowed her word for 2021, which was boundaries, and it felt so big and powerful at that point, and I think um, that was one of my biggest takeaways, so if you need some support on boundaries, go back and listen to Cheval Camille on edit five. Edit six was with the MASH movement, Kasha and Maggie, speaker graduates as well. And these women, holy moly, um, I don't even know where to start, taught me, first of all, what true friendship really looks like. And I think more than anything else, the power, oof, getting goosebumps as I even say it, the power of mom, <laughs> being a mom, the love that we have for our children, that we would, oh, we would just, we never stop. We never, never, never stop and how badly mothers need one another too and women need one another. So that was a really powerful, powerful episode um, talking uh, primarily about Kasha's son um, who lives with a life-limiting illness. And um, yeah, go back and listen to that one if you just need to know how to find your resiliency and your power and really speak up for other people and fight your way through this world. Uh, edit seven was Mike Johnson. And Mike, it, that was a great, great episode. Really taught me about um, having, I guess, the responsibility that comes with having a public profile, but also to just be more conscious and to stay really humble in your presence out in the world. And I think one of the things I learned from Mike all the time is that you really can be vulnerable and take people along on your story and on your journey and change their minds in a big way and make people see you in a new way, kind of have that sunrise, right? The sun rises and kind of exposes different um, areas that we haven't shared before and how powerful that can really be. So 
That was a fantastic edit. That was number seven. Number eight was Terranay, how to live and grieve consciously. And what a powerful edit that was. Holy moly. Um, Taught me, first of all, to remember our source, uh, to remember that core value of love, but most especially that deep pain can be transformed. So how to live and grieve more consciously. Edit eight. Edit nine, Jessica Houston, thank you for showing all of us how to live in a tiny home, uh, to live a more minimalist life in that tiny home, but also for you, finding adventure literally anywhere you go. Take risks. Do what you want to do now. Really be yourself and say yes to life. Um, If you're interested in tiny homes, it's one of our most listened to episodes, but that is edit nine. If you haven't listened, please go back and do that over the summer. Edit 10 um, was, oh, that has a huge listenership. We really, really hit a, a, struck a nerve with this one. That was Nira Aurora. um, And her edit was called You Are, or How to Kind of Follow What You Believe. I can't remember exactly what it was called. I'm sorry edit 10, but you are what you follow, right? That's what Nira taught us. You are what you follow. And to think more deeply about who you follow, what you follow, because we become what we consume. And we have to be more conscious and responsible consumers of literally everything. So media literacy, which is something I've talked about before in the past a lot, but media literacy is something that I am super passionate about. And if you're interested in talking more about that, Edit 10 is where that's at, Nira Aurora. Edit 11 was Katie Jameson and my word. Katie taught me and you, I hope, so many things. So many things. But the biggest one being that we need to wear our pain on the outside. We have to start doing better at wearing our pain on the outside. And Katie actually creates... Uh, grief pins, that you wear the pin on the outside of your clothing to let other people know that you are grieving. Like how special is that? How special is that to be able to have a language and a dialogue with strangers even, right? That's the power of Edit 11 is knowing that we have to stop living this life thinking that pain and grief need to be hidden away to protect others really, but when the hiding doesn't really protect us, and it certainly is not really protecting others anyway, because there's no connection happening in that space and people want to be let in and invited in. So Katie, thank you for edit 11. Edit 12 uh, was Megan Williams, my partner in true storytelling. And Megan taught us that there is no better time than right now to tell your story, period. As Megan would say, humility is boring. Own your story, tell your story you are special and your story is special and it needs to be out in the world in whatever format that is. It doesn't necessarily need to be a book. It can be a stage. It can be you talking to a friend more courageously or opening up to your spouse even. Things like that is also part of um, owning your story and making right now the right time to tell it. Edit 14, somebody I met through uh, the self-publishing agency, Megan's agency, Elki Babicki. What a story, holy moly, from Holocaust to home, how to live in integrity. Now, this story was literally about her father's journey in the concentration camps. This is edit 14 if you haven't listened to this, but it was about how to overcome fear 
and literally fight for your own life. And even when you have to crawl out from under a pile of dead bodies in Nazi Germany, I mean, it's quite a story and a profound lesson on many, many, many levels about adrenaline and fear and how those two things work together. Edit 15, Becky Van Drunen. Um, what did I learn from Becky? All, so many things, holy moly. Like the best 90s music, first of all, and the best way to mash up your favorite music and food into a beautiful cookbook. And I continue to learn from Becky, though, from that edit and also in life, is that all in culture is a toxic lie. That's my biggest takeaway, that we are allowed to be two things at once, food and music. Sure, why not? Um, but two of anything, three of anything, four of anything, right? We don't necessarily have to commit to one thing forever anymore. We get to follow our evolution and our growth. That was edit 15. 16 was Annalise Puccini, a true evolution of a human being. And literally, my biggest takeaway here is that oh, for me, Annalise, I think is like the definition of having to reclaim your story and to step out of the character that someone else confused you for or mixed up your storyline or motivations. In her case, it was directly on TV in the Bachelor series, but really shaped her own motivations in a way that made sense for television, but didn't make sense for her truth and for her life. And the power of that edit was about teaching how to kind of directly step into your own truth. Again, have this like sun rising moment so that we can see the full landscape and what the power of that really is. Now that was edit 16. 17 was Gazim Gashi, my really good friend. And he taught me, continues to teach me every day, that anything is possible. Anything is possible when you have self-belief. This is a, a guy who was literally thrown out of a two-story hospital window at his birth by his own mother who was trying to save him at the time from what he she believed was political genocide in their country and their family became refugees moved to sweden i mean trying to figure out where you fit in in the world and then making something so profound of yourself i mean that belief doesn't come easy but it sure is worth it and that is edit 17 if you haven't listened please go listen to that one uh, I had Sean Francis after that who came in and talked to us about the mortgage market, which seemed like a departure a little bit from uh, the store, personal storytelling, but it was so deeply important because it kept creeping into conversations in my own life, like everybody wondering and, and kind of scared about the real estate market and their own homes and values and I mean that pandemic boom. And really what I took away from that, among other things, is that our homes are really where our hearts need to be always, no matter what you live in or where you live, we need to keep our heart in our home. Rebecca Wilson, after that, we had Rebecca Wilson, and she taught me all about the power of overcoming, that being a good person and caring about others and setting boundaries to protect those you love is always possible, no matter what. And her story is about overcoming trauma with or from a narcissistic parent and having that childhood trauma define you or not define you. I mean, that was, it was a rich, rich, rich edit. Rebecca Wilson. Serena Myers, who was my next guest. Um, oh my goodness. All about anger. She taught me that anger like fear is really just a messenger. 
and it has a power greater than our thoughts because it's here to tell us when our personal boundaries have been stretched. But also, my goodness, Serena taught me the power of love too. Holy moly, if you haven't listened to that edit, please go back and do so. Um, she shared the story of her wife, her new wife's her transition, um, and loving someone bigger the more you know who they truly are and really how to know that work and do that work. Well, that was just a huge episode and I'm just so grateful for Serena and her honesty. Um, Chow Louie taught us how to be a service-oriented leader of Paris Jewelers and how to really understand the story of your family your company, your values in order to do business right. So what I loved about this conversation was that there is a foundation, no matter whether you're talking about entrepreneurship and business and you're looking for leadership advice or you're looking for storytelling advice, the ticket is kind of the same ticket. It's like get to your values first before you start building and evolving and growing things because people will know if it doesn't feel quite grounded. I then had the delightful Christy Powers join me. And what can I say? This was many huge teachings. She talked all about her recent diagnosis of ADHD um, as an adult, which she came to recognize as an adult, a mother of three. And one, I swear, one just fantastic piece of wisdom after another on this edit. So please go back and listen to Christy if you haven't yet about adult ADHD, but really just leaning into, I think this was my biggest teaching, leaning into how powerful it is to know yourself and understand yourself and share your gifts, but also how to stand up for others too. There was something Christy said, um, and I think I might quote this wrong, but it was something like there's a whole lost generation of women who were not adequately diagnosed. Like there's this whole generation of women who are my age, in their 30s, 40s, maybe even older, that um, were not adequately diagnosed as children. And these women are struggling right now to figure out who they are and, and how their brain works and, and what their style is. And I think the lesson here is that no matter your age, your life can truly begin today. Finding yourself can start anytime because you're always evolving. My next guest was Jinu Kaylee, and I learned from Jinu bravery, frankly, just such a brave storyteller to really tell her story, break free from her South Asian cultural traditions, things that were very, very difficult for her watching. Um, she watched her mom have a domestic violence situation growing up in the home and to be witness to that which really means you too are victim to that of course as a child uh, those were very hard things for her to overcome and to do and Jinu just pushed herself to be better and in turn kind of pushes us to be better so there's a lot of wisdom packed in that edit then I had Kelly Strongatharm and what I learned from Kelly is that a single act can really change the world small acts of kindness, one pair of shoes. She's the owner of Ruben Shoes. Uh, if you're in service, things really do manifest. So start with service first. And finally, my last guest of the season, which was last week's edit, Trevor Howes. Oh, what can I even say about Trevor? My word, I could not have asked for a better final guest to end the season with his message, which is hope. Hope is possible. Hope is possible and he lost his mother to cancer when he was just a, a teenager 
And then he had a recent cancer diagnosis himself. So we witnessed cancer being this through line to Trevor's life and how you really move through the world um, with hope when it just feels like you're getting kind of hit with various instances of grief and loss and shock and trauma, frankly. And more than that, Trevor's personal motto, which just sums up this season and all of my work and everything that I believe in so fully, Trevor's personal motto was, you don't have to go through this alone. Right? So beautiful. You just don't have to go through this alone. Isn't that what we were saying earlier, right? Is this core motivation of all storytellers. You know that somebody is in service because you get that feeling that they just didn't want you to be alone with your story anymore. And that's why they're sharing theirs so that we can get more connected. Now, this season has, of course, have you just heard, it's been packed with wisdom, with creativity, and most of all, with love. And it is very much my purpose to be sharing these values with you every week. And I cannot wait, as I wrap this edit, cannot wait to tell you that I will be back for season three with a new theme, which we're going to be announcing very soon. So stay tuned through the month of August. Um, We're going to have more of all of it. We're going to have more wisdom, more creativity, much more love, much more service, more true stories. And we will see you back for season three on Wednesday, September the 1st. So do not miss it. Please stay with me. Come along for the ride. Now, I want to close out the season and close out this edit with a reading from Rumi. It's actually from my Rumi Oracle, and I hold it very, very dear. I pulled this card recently, and I have pulled it before from this, this deck, and it just spoke to me in a way that um, I was with some girlfriends at the time and I said, holy moly, I'd have to get this one tattooed on my body. And especially because it's sort of about the sun, which we've talked about a lot today and how I perceive stories and shining lights on the landscape and finding our way back to that sun, that rising moment. And after we've come through this whole season of kind of like figuring out, is this podcast going to work? But also, let's go bigger than that, Anna, go bigger than that. This season of life and world history, for goodness sakes, where, oh, I don't know. It's just, it felt like the right thing to end with today. It is about the sun, um, but certainly it is about our true nature. Light is our consciousness and our home. Um, But this poem that I'll finish with is really about how we can rise up from struggle, from loneliness, from feelings of being very, very lost. And to end the season, I thought it would be great. I thought it would be great because it feels like the end of a very dark era in our human experience too. That's the bigger thinking here. And this hopefully will serve as a reminder of hope and of the power of finding your true self, your true motivations. Yes, of course, I have always been fascinated by true stories, but it is because, my friends, my storytellers, because true stories contain the truth. That I am that, you are that, and we are all that. So here's the passage that I will leave you with on this final edit of the season. It is called, You Who Show the Way. And it goes like this. 
I have looked to you in my darkest moments, searched for you as though fumbling for the candle and matches during an unexpected and interminable blackout. I am the ship at sea, seeking you as my guiding light. Nay, I am the sea, rising up to the horizon because I yearn to be closer to you. Then, oh, to my greatest relief, you rise like a phoenix from the ocean, casting hallowed golden light all around you. This great blazing angel of holy fire. In a sweet instant, my soul rests in your presence. The sea becomes calm. The darkness abates. Your light reveals truth. And through your living presence, I know my true self again. I am what you are. Even when it appears I am returning after being lost in darkness, as though I could ever be extinguished. I am divine light. I am you, a living sun. Thank you for joining this edit of the Unapologetic Stories podcast. If you're ready to share your truth and rewrite your personal life story, connect with me at unapologeticstories.com for all the details on speaker training, storytelling, and strategizing your way through this one big life. If you've enjoyed listening, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast listening app or Apple Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Unapologetic Anna for new speaker training start dates. Until next time, stay brave, stay unapologetic, and keep bringing in your truth.